Hey, everybody. Welcome to No One Told Me, where we talk about the moments no one talked to us about. You know, the ones you don't know are coming, but you know, without a doubt, someone had to have already experienced it and just didn't tell you. That's what we cover here. My name is Callie, and just to be transparent, no one told me how hard good audio is. I have worked at it so much, like years, and it just feels like there's always something that throws a kink in it. In this case, it was a literal kink in one of the microphone cords, and it created static that I spent three days trying to remove. Three days. It's why Ryan woke up on Valentine's Day to just a huge candy heart. That's all. It was Russell Stover's, though. Is that better than Wamplers? Is it Wamplers? Now that I say it out loud, it has to be better than Wamplers, right? So anyways, I'm asking for a little bit of grace because I just love this conversation way too much to toss it to the cutting room floor. So this is part two of answering your questions that you sent in to the at NOTM podcast on Instagram. We're getting into the more practical sides of things and we're bringing our husbands along for the ride. Now, this is a short episode, but it is so good. Some of the stuff that our husbands toss in, honestly, Ryan and I've been together 15 years now, I guess, married for 10. And I'm still, the things that he teaches me and the perspective that he gives me never ceases to surprise me. And I don't, I don't know, is that offensive? Uh, if it is, I'm, I'm very sorry. I don't mean it to be. I'm just saying that we're continually learning from each other. And that might be one of my favorite things about marriage. You know, these past three episodes, they have brought so much feedback from you all. You've been so kind to share your experiences with intimacy and all those moments that you felt shame or uncertainty or guilt or even love. One listener said she didn't know her story had a place. She thought she was the only one who didn't know how to go from zero to sex in just a moment or that it's nothing like you see in the movies, that it takes a whole lot more logistics, you could say. But honestly, that's why we're all here. We felt alone in something and we needed someone to say, your story is really our story. So let's get to it as Brooke and I bring in our husbands, Mark and Ryan, to give us some perspective from the other side as we answer your questions. Okay, the guys are with us. They got to just sit and listen quietly to their wives per usual. Mark was waiting. He looked like he wasn't paying attention. I wasn't he waiting. Was I went notes. to go do laundry and, and vacuum <laughs> and do dishes after I heard what you were saying would make it to be a daily exercise. I love it so much. But we have we have a second set of questions because we divided it up for the sake of our husbands to ease them into this podcast world. First one was, what are some spiritual boundaries that you set while you were still dating? You want total Correct. transparency? Yeah. Grew up in the church. Grew up in the late 90s, early 2000s purity culture that they talked about last week, right? I knew all the, the limits. I knew the boundaries. And then Mark comes along, and I knew I loved Mark. I knew I was going to marry Mark. And I let the wedge between my relationship with Jesus be driven in. I let that be something that I, I didn't hold as a standard. Like, it wasn't a priority. So we let the boundaries slide early on so if you know our story we got pregnant before we got married we were engaged we became pregnant with our firstborn so we did not have that talk Mm -hmm. we had the talk after we had went too far and we were like I Mark was not a believer I was and I was like Mark this is wrong I don't I want God to bless our marriage I want us to be obedient Mark's like okay like he I mean he wasn't a believer and Mm -hmm. I was holding to the standard but turns out it's a little too late I was pregnant with Charlie and didn't know it so well, but I also think it's you had parents who were believers 
that didn't talk about sex and boundaries and how great it is. I had parents that really weren't believers and didn't have the conversation either. So I don't think there's a right or a wrong way to do it. It's just to have the conversation dialogue about it yeah. and talk about it and to be to be teaching your kids about how good it is as a as a as a married couple. Yeah. So how did you battle I mean the feelings that come with growing up in purity culture when you cross the lines which you will you might cross you might not cross the biggest line yeah. of like actually having sex before marriage but my guess is majority of people cross a lot of lines that still shouldn't be crossed. So how did you step into like like you talked about those redeeming qualities that God so graciously pours out? How did you grab hold of that and hold on? Because I know so many are listening who are living in guilt. Yeah. And who are like this. I don't even think any of this applies to me because I've already crossed a line. Well, of course, no one tells you once you cross the line that you're damaged goods. But I'm telling you, that takes root. It's almost like, man, what's the point of even trying to have a relationship when you when you are not a whole person anymore, you don't have a whole person to give to someone. So that's definitely how I felt. I I hope anybody that listens to this podcast, uh, if you've crossed a line, please know that in our marriage, I, I think that Mark and I have one of the healthiest marriages. We are rooted in our faith. We are rooted in Christ, but we didn't start that way. So we crossed all the boundaries. We got pregnant. I felt all the shame. God redeemed it all. So we're on the other side of this. We've gotten to walk with a couple of couples who have ended up in the same situation. And we're like, listen, it's all good. I mean, at this point, all you can do is take your next best step. And whatever that is, is if it's obedience, if it's marriage, obviously that's, that's the best step. But God can use you to be an encouragement to other people and, and strengthen you guys in your walk with Jesus personally and together. You said like our marriage is, is healthy. And I think sometimes people hear that and they hear perfect when really healthy marriages, you're going to have challenges, you're going to have arguments, you're going to have adversity. You know, God, God sees, none of us are perfect. And so even in your walk, wherever you're at, if you just give up on it, God, I think, would have more for you. He wants you to, to just confess that sin, confess that struggle, and then just give it to him to work to be better. And I think no matter where you're at, no matter how far down the road of sin you think it is god still just has his hand out there just waiting for you to give him that struggle because typically when you get to a point that is hard it's so hard you don't know where to start and he's the one that can pull you out of it and give you that direction Which no matter where you're our at case. yeah exactly and that's so good you, you know you get to a point where you don't know where to start so then you don't start at all exactly like, you think it's too much work when really god's saying the biggest step for you to take is just back toward me. But you know, Brooke, you put really great words to it when I said, what are some spiritual boundaries in dating? And she said, tell me, tell me at what point will I feel guilty? Like at mm -hmm. what point is God going to say, whoop, is this too, officially sin? Yes. Is this officially sin? Wait, wait, yes. wait, 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 down the line. Now, is this officially sin? Yep. And it's so true. I remember that question getting asked all the time. And I think, you know, we had, gosh, we didn't even really have conversations about it. I think we just knew where we were on it because we both were in the same youth group. But I think it was one of those things we knew when we were in scenarios that we were going to cross lines. And let me tell you what those scenarios always looked like. Me and Ryan alone on a couch mm -hmm. with a movie on and our parents nowhere Not paying around. attention. No or family. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we knew <laughs> what was going to be like the danger zone, like where we knew this is the perfect setting. And because we thought, well, we just need our privacy together. We need a let me tell you something. You don't. You don't. You will get plenty of it later if you marry this person. You don't need it. When you talk about complete abstinence and the absolute no, 
human nature is to continue pushing, right? Yeah. Human nature is to push and push and push as close to the line as you can get. And that's the danger. I, I, I think a lot of times having a conversation about it is, is great. And also I think a lot of times you just know, I oh, think, sure. you know, your, your conscience starts talking to you and you start getting that conviction. On the other side of this, once you've let one boundary slide, like once you've moved the line, it gets that's really, so right. really easy to move the line. So if mm-hmm. you are feeling conviction because there's something that's happened and you're not sure whether that was okay or not, you already know the answer to that. It's not okay because it's obviously convicting you. And I promise you it is a much easier path to follow if you keep sliding the line. So stop where you are. That's it. And making it really, really clear. Well, and whether it's the female or the male, because we came from different, when you, when you say youth group, like I think of, I don't know what that is. Right. (laughs) Like, I mean, that's that's like my, that was my upbringing. And so the other thing is, is if you're with somebody in a relationship and you're having those, convictions about what you're feeling if you're not comfortable having the conversation with your significant other or that significant other doesn't respect how you're feeling that's probably not the person that you want to end up marrying that's true and don't make and, excuses for right it. Yep. They, i mean because marriage is all about having that dialogue mm. so off that in that dating life or whatever one more question that was sent in was how do you date intentionally, but also have fun? This is harder for me, I think, to answer because we started dating in high school. Like, it was only fun. I would upfront have conversations about their expectations because most of those times in the world that we're in now, it's not about a long-term anything. When I read that question of how do you date intentionally, but also have fun, I think it's, it's back to understanding what makes the other person happy and it, and truly having joy in that and doing things that you know brings them happiness and having intentionality around your dating to where you're going and doing those things as opposed to just kind of what do I want to do where do I want to go to eat where do I want to go on my Friday you want night? out of this what is it about mm, me that's good as opposed to you know learning and one having the communication about what does she like or does he not like mm-hmm. and and having conversations about it and not everybody has to win every date and mm-hmm. get their way. And then I think when you have that, it, it becomes more fun. Can I certain. tell you like the two worst dates that I would hate to go on putt putt or bowling? I love putt putt and bowling. What do you mean? We I went on a double date, double date bowling. We literally I just went on a double date bowling. Who hates bowling? You hate bowling. I hate bowling. I we hate had a good time. I love Callie. you all. So you know why I went anyway, because anytime I get with you guys, I will say yes to, but I hate, I think it takes too long. I think it takes too long. I don't enjoy it. You don't like sticking your fingers in those little germs. Can you believe that before coronavirus, we did that? Do you guys remember when we went bowling? It was literally the beginning. It was February. That was was one of the conversations we had. Okay, think back to your first week home post honeymoon. What was that adjustment like? I got a story. This is when I knew marriage was different because, and it's not well. So we're sitting there. I'm watching a basketball game on Saturday afternoon. This is when I'm still coaching UT watching tape or something and i went into the bathroom got done going to the bathroom wash my hands dry my hands go back and sit down and brooke walks into the bathroom i don't know it was like 10 minutes later whatever it was and she comes out of the bathroom she goes hey did you dry your hands on those towels that are hanging and i was like yeah why 
She goes, oh no, those are decorative towels. They we sure don't, are. We don't dry pants. our hands on the decorative towels. <laughs> and you dry them on your pants. Reason, you wipe them on your shirt. We had another set of towels. For whatever for reason, like I remember like, oh, marriage is different. <laughs> yeah. You know, because I was like, I don't know what decorative towels are. I didn't like, know that was a rule. Yeah. Yeah. Towels, yeah. right? Like, yeah. I just remember thinking, us going to bed at the same time, I was like, I get to have a sleepover with Mark every night. Is that not the truest thing? I like, so I don't excited. have to drive home. I don't have to, like, figure out how to get my stuff from here to there. It's just, we're just going to go sleep now. I didn't realize, and I love you so much, but I didn't realize boys were so gross. <laughs> I remember. And I grew up with two brothers, so you would think I would know it. Yeah. But I wasn't, like, sharing a room with them. And it's just, like, boys just have more... Just, just grossness than girls. Well, like and when like you wash the your side hands of the towel, you just throw it. You don't you hang throw it your up. Clothes, you throw it. Like yeah. it has a place. <laughs> I promise it has a place. It wasn't for lack of bathing or showers. Hmm, you looking at me like that? And now Brooke's looking at Mark because she knows it's <laughs> true for him too. I don't know what it is about boys, but it's just like. Sometimes I like snacks before we go to bed. <laughs> Got crumbs on your side over there. <laughs> so I, I guess I'll say the, the first week. I think for us was good. Like everything was great. You're still kind of in the honeymoon phase, you know, all that stuff. And then it's like the first time, I don't know how you feel about something like this, but like the first time I left a dish out or something, then you have to have that conversation. Like, okay, here's, here's what's going to happen, right? You're going to put the dish in the sink. You know, like you have to start having those real conversations and it's no longer like, okay, I can't really say anything because it's still the newlywed phase. Well, and truly that was the best advice I got from our friend Amanda. She said, start out as you mean to go. So if they do something that you don't like and vice versa, if you don't have that conversation immediately, then guess what's going to keep happening? That thing you don't like. I did not get that advice Mm. beforehand. (laughs) I will say though, it is so much fun living with your best friend. Like, it it I love marriage. Marriage is, is my favorite phase of life. It is. Yeah. It was the absolute best. Okay, moving past that first week, how did you all work out the practical things? Mark was working a lot, so I always I took over all domestic duties, and we had a baby pretty early on, so I stayed at home for a while, and it was pretty archaic. But I was the stay-at-home mom, yeah. and cleaning and cooking, and Mark's the financial mind, so he took over finances. It's pretty easy when you're living like paycheck to paycheck. Yeah, we were so when poor. Brand new married. I honestly, I say this to, I've probably said this a thousand times since we've been married. I think every couple should start their marriage poor. Yep. We were in a, what, 800 square foot house and you were in grad school and I was working at church. And so it was, it was tight. We had budgeted to go out to eat one time. And we were still young enough for like, not a Ruth Chris. We were still young enough for our parents to want to take us out and pay for it. Yeah. So, I mean, we rode that train as long as we could for sure. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) Mom, you're not going to eat that. I'll take that to go. (laughs) (laughs) Take that home. I'll take that home. It's fine. But it was like, I think that is, there's a follow up question that someone said, what's something you wish you would prioritize more in the honeymoon phase of marriage. And for me, it's that pressure to work out the practical things. Like I felt like I had to be this wife. Mm. that did everything that just and I was working full time and so I felt like the house has to be spotless every piece of laundry has to be done and put away bathrooms always have to be clean I need to cook a meal every single night that's really great like full all the courses I need to make sure the dishes are cleaned all the time I put so much pressure on that first phase to make sure that I could prove myself in some way Mm -hmm. like prove myself as a good wife and also prove that I could be like my mom who worked full time and took care of a home and had kids I put so much pressure on that phase 
to meet expectations that weren't even out there. Like he had never vocalized any of that. Right. But I felt like I had to prove myself as a wife, whatever that looked at like where I wish I could have just enjoyed what I know now that I enjoy the most is just like taking care of my family Mm -hmm. and getting to do that stuff. And if I don't hit every mark, it's okay because a lot of times it's even better just sitting down for a minute and enjoying a season with the other person instead of feeling like you've got to prove something. And I just feel like every season of life is marked with some sort of level of feeling like you have to prove yourself. And the moment you realize you really don't and to who I think all the time, I would rather you not have dinner on the table and you just not be stressed when I get home. But it goes back to you all were talking before we came on about like, I think it was around if you, what's the expectation of the honeymoon? Do you you have sex every night or expectations at night? And same thing with this is like with Jesus as an internal or eternal perspective on stuff. And same thing with a marriage. It's you got to have the long term perspective in mind in so many ways. So like that point is like in the moment you're trying to make it perfect. But in the long term, in the big picture, does the perfect dinner really matter? Mm. Does that big trip really matter or is it the bigger picture and slowing down enough and just having the little things and having that longer term perspective like the the having sex on the honeymoon like if you're having a conversation with your spouse and it's not right have a bigger perspective about how that's going to affect the marriage as opposed to doing something in the moment that you're not comfortable with Mm. like there's a much bigger picture in mind And if you can learn to have those conversations early on, it's going to pay off long term immensely. What was something that you wish you would have prioritized in the honeymoon stage? I don't really know that I have an answer to that. Yeah. I loved our honeymoon phase. I feel like we lived in our honeymoon phase for about five years. You're so sweet. I'm serious. I really, I loved her. Did you just say I'm so sweet? I think that's the first time he's ever said that to me. that's the first time anyone has said that, that was, to you. Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> no, all you Do guys you have can eat one. Right? Oh, I was thinking we were still in it, so. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Point, points for later. Many points for later. Treat later. <laughs> <laughs> Ten years in, we're still honeymooning. Let me just note that in my oh, phone. Right. I wish I would have vacuumed <laughs> more and done more dishes, I guess, <laughs> in the honeymoon stage. <laughs> You said something earlier. You said, I wish you hit me that I would have prioritized not taking birth control, which scared me for a second. I was like, you trying to, you trying to say you wish you had a baby? Like, what are you trying to say? But it was because, and Brooke, you and I have talked about this a lot. Birth control messes you up. Yeah. It me- not everybody. It messed me up. Yeah. And, yeah. but if you have not, if you have abstained and if you have not had sex, you a lot of times haven't been on birth control until you to get know married. It. Yeah. And so I went on it several months before we got married and it just had the most adverse effects on me. Well, there's and, better options out there now. Yeah. And I would just, I would encourage anyone if you have saved yourself for marriage and birth control is just now a conversation you're having. There's so many options, like explore all of them because it, my health was not great. My mental, emotional, physical health was not great well, on the, it. And yeah. I didn't know there were other options. I just yeah. thought this is what I have to do now. And then on top of that, we're trying to adjust living with each other. We're trying to adjust, just like you said, you were trying to, you know, model after your mom, who's this working mom, who's taking care of everything. You're trying to do that on top of not feeling great. I mean, that that's tough. That's really tough. The one, one thing I would say of the honeymoon phase would be, I wish I had more men or people to, to lean on, to ask them for wisdom of just, getting other people that have been through the honeymoon phase that maybe have kids that can pour into like, Hey, what, 
what should I be doing? I didn't do that at all when I was early. Well, yeah, and if you and if I, you do have that, being not being afraid to ask, right? Because uh, oh, yeah. I think a lot of times we're afraid to ask or afraid to admit something's wrong. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's a great point. I had a client the other day that's an athlete that said the big thing that they do is prehab. Like everybody talks about rehab. Like athletes when they get injured, they talk yeah. about rehab. But the big thing now is prehab because you don't want to get injured, mm-hmm. and so you're going to spend all this time to prehab to prevent the injuries and that's what you're talking about with marriages if mark we didn't knows know to keep our marriage good all he needs to do is take me out to eat a lot because i like to eat and that's my favorite and you like to not to have to be the one to cook it i do yep it makes me so happy it gets you every time i love a movie too i love, I love going movie. to the movies. mark doesn't love it so i know it's oh an act my of gosh service. i love going to the favorites is your love language acts of services I don't know what it is anymore. I, I think of it, I think I like it. Good, that takes me off though because I don't either sometimes. Listen, I like all of them. I like all of them. Uh, no, I'm I speak all the languages. I want everything. I want gifts. I want words of affirmation. Sometimes physical touch. Uh, not a lot. Let's, let me let me let you in when that's okay. I thought those were kind of goofy, but they were so valuable. Okay, let's end with one last question. What is one piece of advice you wish you had had before you got married? A trusted mentor who I could have been 1,000% transparent with and trust that they would have been 1,000% transparent with me and I could ask them in-depth questions whether pertaining to sex, your honeymoon, your the first few weeks of marriage, like someone who I knew I could have been completely transparent with and that would do that for me as well. Mm. I'd say for me, I didn't know that, and I've said this before, I wish they had told me you have to continue to get to know your spouse. Now people always say date your spouse and whatever, which is true, that's great. But we, you continue to change. Marriage is not the end goal. I wish that I had known before, you're both going to continue to change. Yeah. Like, you're not going to be the same person, people we were when I was 23 and you were 22 when we got married. We're going to continue to change, and we're definitely going to change in each phase of life through working, through our careers, how they're going to shape us and change us, and then becoming parents, how that's going to shape us and change us. And if I'm not open to those changes are aware that those are going to happen. Then one day we're going to wake up and it's just going to be like, I don't feel like we're, we even know you hear people say all the time. I feel like we don't even know each other anymore. Mark and I will routinely say we're out of sync. Yep. If we're not meshing and we've not connected emotionally, we say that. And then we get back on track Mm -hmm. we do what it takes to get there. So just that awareness that it happens and knowing that if you're not constantly checking in with each other, then other things will crowd that out. And that's how you wake up one day and think, I don't even, I don't know this person anymore. Yeah. I, I like what Brooke said about having somebody that you trust I and mean, they can, you can ask questions. I would also say, take advantage of premarital counseling. I would obviously encourage everybody to do that, but take it seriously. You know, I think there were times where, you know, maybe we were tired at the end of the day and kind of, you know, ran through the questions real quick, just on the way over there. I can think now about things that were said in premarital counseling and think that was absolutely spot on. And so I'm not saying that I didn't take it seriously. He was taking notes. He referred back to them on the honeymoon. (laughs) Honeymoon night. Let's see. He said it was going to work like this. (laughs) Yeah, check that one off. And check. Got it. But I would just encourage everybody to take that extremely seriously and take advantage of it as much as they can. Mine would be, you know, my dad growing up was awesome. And I would be here where I am today without him. But his thing that I take away from him was like, if you're not, if you're not working hard, someone else is going to outwork you. And I've always taken that into sports and to career. 
And I wish I had somebody telling me that to what you were saying, Callie, of like, you have to work just as hard, if not harder, at your marriage. And it's there's going to be challenging days. There's going to be adversity. There's going to be a lot of But you got to work just as hard at that to make that right. Not just the career or not just whatever, your kids. And that's where you see people get caught up as they're working hard at making sure their kids are perfect or their the outside appearance of everything is perfect or their career is perfect. And they forget about their spouse and they don't work as hard at that. It's not just enough to just be best friends and really like each other and have fun together. It doesn't it's, maintain itself. It doesn't. It's not just, it, that's not enough, which I mean, I think we can all say we did marry our best friends and still my best friend. It is so fun. I look forward to the end of the day when I just get to sit on the couch and like get the kids to sleep so they don't eat my ice cream and I can sit and we can watch, even if we're just watching our shows, like I look forward to that part of the day every single day. And I hope that's always the case. Yeah. When we get to watch our programs. Our programs program. get to turn our That's story. What I thought on. about when you said that. <laughs> okay, what's something you're so happy someone did tell you about? What do you love? You knew this question was coming. You said you were thinking about it. Yeah. So I'm currently going through the Bible in chronological order. You have loved this. I have. I think I want to do this. Love this. You listen to um, it on the way to work, right? I do, and it, it starts off obviously in the Old Testament, and a lot of it is. If you take it individually, it seems very dry. I mean, it's a lot of, you know, laws and things like that. I didn't know if you were going to make it through Leviticus. Yeah, I made it. It, it was awesome. I loved it. Levitical you law could, was awesome? Levitical law was awesome. Wow. You make it through. You kind of, It puts everything, for me, more in perspective, just because you can kind of see um, what's happening as it flows through. So, yeah, I've, I've loved that. Is it an app? It, it's on the Bible app. It's one of the chronological Ooh. reading mm. plans in the Bible app. Yeah, it's awesome. That's a good one. Uh, book that I just read was Leaders Eat Last, which is really good. That I'm thankful someone told me about. But then someone told me like if you don't have something in your life to to seek it and create it. And so start a men's group with two guys that are three guys that are in their fifties that are experienced in their careers and with family and faith, and then with two guys that are in their thirties. And it has been awesome mm-hmm. to be walking through and hearing their experiences and being able to pour in each other and going through life with those guys. Mm-hmm. So, Oh, wow. Y'all say stuff like that. And I'm like, I love and I've just discovered Buff City Soap. What the heck is Buff City? Buff City Soap, guys. It has I thought detergent. you were about to sing a jingle. I was ready for it. I'll, I'll make up one. I don't have one. It has detergent and dryer balls and... All kinds of stuff, and it's all natural. There's no chemicals in it, and it smells amazing. Go get the. Where did you find this? It's in Turkey Creek, and there's one in Morristown. There is it a all store? Over. Yes, oh. Buff City Soap, all natural detergent, bath bombs. Narcissist is my absolute favorite scent. It you smells know, so good. I love natural things. I love laundry. How much do I love clean sheets and smelly good stuff? Mark? She does. How often do you sheets. clean your sheets? Uh, twice a week. Oh, help me. Oh my goodness! I will say I changed my I changed my pillowcases out so my face won't break out as much. See, but I don't do all the sheets. Well, Mark's a night sweater, so he doesn't give me much of a choice. I'm telling you, those boys are gross. gross. I know I am sweating. (laughs) Oh, Oh, gross. I love ending every episode telling you how thankful I am for you, that you would take your time to listen to what we're trying to do here. So if you loved it, or even if you have feedback, I want to hear about it. 
You can either hop on over to iTunes and leave us a review or you can just DM me on social media. Usually I'm on Instagram the most. It's at C-E-Holla. And again, I love hearing from you guys. So make sure you either write a review or send me a DM, which always seems a little bit desperate asking for it. But here I am asking anyways. Thanks again for tuning in.